We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin had some high, high praise for his rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers during a Thursday press conference. He spoke of his contagious spirit, his youthfulness, his smile. I mean, can it get more positive for the rook? I think not. Meanwhile, Kyle Hamilton and Roquan Smith, they talked about the challenge of preparing for two different quarterbacks ahead of Sunday's week three matchup with the Colts. And with that... I'm Bobby Trossett, as you can see, riding solo here. Sarah Ellison is tending to family matters. It is Friday, September 22nd, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Former NFL player Emmanuel Acho basically lost his mind out of sheer excitement in one of his recent film study segments of Lamar Jackson and this new look Ravens offense. We'll take a look. Plus... A full injury report from what took place at Thursday's practice in Owings Mills. And how about the heater that Mike McDonald's been on as a second-year NFL defensive coordinator under John Harbaugh? I have all of that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So again... Just me riding solo here. Sarah will be back, of course, for our post-game live stream, which will kick off probably right after the press conferences finish up post-game after Ravens-Colts. Let's begin here, though, because Todd Munkin has been really quite entertaining at the podium so far during his brief time as the Ravens offensive coordinator. And I love how into the weeds he gets. He's a very insightful guy, and I think he's got a a great knack. Yes, he's like dry and his humor is is very dry, but I think he really cares about his media sessions, or at least if he doesn't care, he acts like he cares, but he puts effort into the questions that he's asked. And one that came up on Thursday was about his rookie wide receiver, Zay Flowers, who clearly is not only a part of the game plan, but is a central component to what Todd's doing in this new scheme for Lamar Jackson. Here's Todd on Zay. I'm just going to go beyond his skill set because that's that's easy to see. I think um, you can, uh, being around him, you just feel his contagious spirit, his youthfulness, his smile, his approach every day. I don't know if I've ever come to work 
which hopefully I've tried to do the exact same thing, but he's got a smile on his face. He loves playing football, um, which are all of our guys do. But again, it's just uh, it's fun to be around. He's got a little bit of an absence of fear. You know, he doesn't. I think he. I think he's expected to have success, and that's half the battle when you're a young player, is to expect to have success, and he expects to have success. He's got a little bit of absence of fear. He expects this. That's exactly it. Zay not only expects this from himself, but he demands it. And he never seems to waver, whether it's his on-field play, whether it's his dealings with the media, whether it's just, generally speaking, his demeanor. He knows that he's supposed to be in the NFL. He acts as if he's supposed to be in the NFL. And most importantly, so far through, yes, a small sample size, two weeks, he performs as if he belongs in the NFL. And that's the DNA that I think the Ravens fell in love with during their scouting process of Zay coming out of Boston College. You know, I think back to some of the early observations that we had on Zay a four-year player, productivity was through the roof, was loyal to BC once the NIL era be, uh, essentially became a thing because BC was one of the only offers that, that he had initially right out of the gate, right? And so instead of taking probably, I'm sure, hefty five-figure potential opportunities within the NIL era at other universities, at other programs, he stayed loyal to the school that was loyal to him from the jump. That tells you everything you need to know about his character. Then you think about the explosiveness, the yards after the catch, the shiftiness as we've seen. He's putting guys on skates every other play, seemingly. Right? He's a sturdy route runner. He's built heftier than a Marquise Hollywood Brown. But yet, he's got that make-you-miss mentality. He's got that breakaway speed. He's got a reliable pair of hands. I mean, this dude is the real deal. And when you put him in a room that's arguably the best that the Ravens have ever had on paper in the history of the franchise at wide receiver in terms of depth, and then it's bookended with experience with a guy like o Odell Beckham Jr., a Super Bowl winner who's been around this league for many, many years, it's a great formula for success. It's balanced. It's diversified, and most importantly, it's commanded by a quarterback who is now empowered by his offensive coordinator. And those two coexisting within this new scheme, I think that's what gets you fired up, right? Because Lamar seems energized by what's going on in Baltimore right now. He seems energized by the amount of creativity, flexibility, and autonomy that Todd Power, uh, Todd Power, that Todd Munkin empowers him with. That's what fires me up on the outside looking in, taking a look at just the differences in Lamar's overall demeanor, his approach, and mostly just the command that he now has under Todd Munkin. I mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. We'll talk about him in just a second when we get to the injury report. But first, Todd Munkin was very insightful in terms of some of his observations in the later years now, right? OBJ's not getting any younger. And I would not be surprised if he does not go on Sunday against the Colts just because he's dealing with that nagging ankle injury. 
but his overall impact in the locker room, especially to a young wide receiver room, than Paramount. Oh, he's always, from a person standpoint, Odell's always been a fantastic person, you know. People gravitate towards him. He's got a great, towards him, he's got a great personality. Uh, he's got great charisma. And um, he loves playing football. He, he loves being around the locker room. He loves the guys. You know, you see, uh, I've said this before, I think you see, like any of us, as you, as you age, uh, you mature. He may think differently, I'm giving you my opinion. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's um, to the point, like I said, Rams win a Super Bowl, get hurt, coming back. I think there's a, there's a certain uh, wanting to be able to prove that, I can still, that he can still play at a high level, which uh, is fun to be in. He's done a great job with our younger guys. I think he's probably, he's always been good at that, but I think he feels a more sense of being a little bit older, uh, how important that is for the younger players. It's so refreshing to get a, trans, a level of transparency from Todd, right? He put, you can clearly tell he's putting effort into his press conferences. And I think we appreciate that on the other end of it, right? And to get to Odell, who popped, again, popped up on the injury report, did not practice, spoiler alert, before we get to the, you know, the, the full overall injury report. He did not practice on Thursday, so he likely will not go on Sunday against the Colts. And guess what? The Ravens have never been in a better position to not be worried about something like that. It's early on in the year. You need him when it matters most down the stretch. Don't rush it. Do not, whatever you do, don't rush a guy who's on the other side of 30, who has a recent injury history in the NFL, coming off the torn ACL. You need him when it matters most. And you've prepared and invested to be ready to go just in case something like this happens, you have the insurance, you have the depth to be okay without Odell for hopefully not multiple weeks, but if it ends up being multiple weeks, you're okay. That's the beauty of what the Ravens committed to this offseason from an investing standpoint in their wide receiver room, and you're already seeing it pay early dividends. Okay, next up, let's get to Emmanuel Acho because he is a former NFL player turned analyst who has been fairly critical not exactly as critical as one Colin Coward was earlier on in Lamar's career, but Emmanuel has been critical of Lamar. The parallel between Colin and Emmanuel is that both of these dudes have come full circle on number eight. And I really wanted to share this clip solely based on from, from an overall film study standpoint and what the Ravens are doing differently this year within the confines of this new offense under Todd Munkin and how it's benefiting Lamar, I thought Acho did a great job of sort of summarizing it and putting it into simple terms. So, again, this is a courtesy of Emmanuel Acho on Lamar. We'll break it down on the other side. Take your seats, team meeting. I apologize in advance for the excitement, but I cannot wait to show you all this. When Lamar Jackson gets comfortable, it's over for the rest of the NFL. The Ravens are running 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back. That's what you call 11 personnel 50% of the time this year with their new offensive coordinator. Last year, they ran 11 personnel just 12% of the time. They want to air it out. Let Lamar Jackson and the Ravens receivers use their speed. Why is this so important? I will show you all here in a second. Okay, first quarter. Three minutes in the game. Lamar Jackson, not yet comfortable. What are the Bengals in? Man, 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 man. 
Man, this safety is the middle of the field safety. The Bengals are going to rush five players. Remember this look. It is pivotally important, and it decides the game three quarters later. We called this when I was in the NFL Outlaw 1. You're going to rush five. You're going to play man across the board. What's Lamar Jackson do? He identifies the five rushers. He throws the slot fade to, slot fade to Zay Flowers. But boy, he barely overshoots it. Ah, you needed that. You barely overshoot it. But guess what? Lamar Jackson gets more comfortable as the game goes on. Now, fourth quarter, 11 minutes left. You're up by three. This play will decide the football game. If you settle for a field goal, the Bengals will win by one. If you score a touchdown, the Ravens will win. Let's see what happens. Once again, third down, exact same picture. Man, 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 man. Man, middle of the field safety. Ravens, 11 personnel. Lamar Jackson saw this picture in the first quarter with 3 minutes and 26 seconds left. It's now the fourth quarter, 11 minutes, 42 seconds left. Lamar Jackson gets comfortable. He sees the exact same picture. Nelson Aguilar, slot fade, exact same play from the defense and the offense. But Lamar Jackson done got comfortable. Lamar Jackson done messed around and got comfortable. And this, ladies and gentlemen, was the difference in the football game. See, if Lamar gets comfortable and when he gets comfortable this season, it's going to be over for the rest of the league. He got comfortable during this game and it was over for the Bengals. Ready, break. So how about the energy there, first and foremost? He brought it. <laughs> He's not everybody's cup of tea. I recognize that. But that was a great in-depth breakdown of what you're seeing from Lamar, right? Dan Orlovsky predicted it after week one, after what he watched in the Houston game, that it would take four to six weeks for Lamar to truly be in sync and comfortable within this new Todd Munkin-led offense. Well, he came out and kept receipts and said, hey, we're, we're pushing that agenda up a little bit after week two, right? But what you saw there from Acho is, again, the autonomy, the creativity, and essentially the freedom that he has not only at the line of scrimmage, but within the offense. Lamar now has the ability to put essentially his film study, his football IQ on full display. And that right there is, a power, is empowering, right? He sealed the game. He put that game away. And the fact that Nelson Aguilar, to go back to the earlier point of Odell being down, Nelson can just sub in and end up being the leading receiver when Od after Odell goes down tells you just how improved and balanced this team is this year compared to years past. So I thought it was an awesome breakdown there from Acho. It tells you everything you need to know about the new, the new details that go into this offense that are going to allow Lamar to evolve as an NFL quarterback. And yeah, he's completing 75% of his passes right now. Things are great. There will be hills. There, what are these peaks and valleys? There will be ups and downs throughout the season, without question, for every single team in the NFL. But the bottom line is it's early, it's a small sample size, but Lamar looks comfortable. The cadence, terminology, overall pace, the operation of this offense, especially as he works with temporarily a backup center and Sam Mustafer, it'll all be incremental, but you're starting to see it already come to fruition for him. I get it. You know, the first two opponents, you know, was Cincinnati down in, in a sense because their secondary is essentially young and they had a couple of their safeties leave in free agency and Joe Burrow's dealing with the calf strain and, you know, yada, 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 whatever. Like, and Houston's Houston. But 
look, these are NFL teams. These are proud franchises that they went up against here, and they're sitting 2-0 and right now, going into, going into the Colts game, and then a couple AFC North opponents to follow. So good stuff there from Macho, and I just wanted to share that with you. Let's get to the injury report from Thursday and analyze it a little bit. Here it is. It's a long and lengthy one, unfortunately, at this point in the year, but leading the, the top of the list and most notably Odell Beckham Jr., couple did not practices both Wednesday and Thursday, likely trending to not playing on Sunday against Indianapolis, dealing with that ankle injury. Jadavian Clowney with the illness that he was dealing with on Wednesday, which led to a DNP. He was a full participant, which is good news for, for obviously the Ravens defensive front and edge. Devin Duvernay dealing with a shoulder. He was limited on Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday. Good chances to play on Sunday. Justice Hill likely will not go after not practicing both Wednesday and Thursday. He's dealing with they say foot right here, but if I'm not mistaken, national reports have said that it's turf toe. So hopefully that's just a one or two week thing for Justice, but that certainly led to, as Sarah and I spoke about earlier this week, that led to the Kenyon Drake signing. So it wouldn't be surprised if he's called up from the practice squad on Sunday morning. Marlon Humphrey, Probably not going to go aftermath of the foot surgery that we've detailed a number of times here. He's been uh, two DNPs so far. Tyler Linderbaum, Adafi Owe, Ronnie Stanley, and Marcus Williams all have been back-to-back DNPs, and, and that's the way things look right now. Obviously, Owe left Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati with that boot uh, on the ankle, so he's dealing with that, unfortunately, after a great start to the year in the pressure department. He's been wreaking some havoc, but... Uh, this is the way things look right now. You know, uh, it sure looks like they're going to be down at least, at least five starters again. But at this point, why not? Right? That's kind of been the mindset. Why not? You go into Cincinnati down five or six key starters. Why not? Why not against Indianapolis? You're likely going to be facing Gardner Minshew, and that gets me to my next point here. Anthony Richardson is still in concussion protocol. They're a franchise rookie quarterback out there in Indy. So it is looking more and more like it's going to be Gardner Minshew. He's been around the league for a while. And Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, and some other Ravens players in the locker room were asked about, hey, two quarterbacks, is that tough preparation-wise? Here's what they had to say. Yeah, he's super talented and the reason he was drafted so high. And uh, Lucky for us, we go against somebody who... Uh, can run and throw pretty well too every single day in practice with Lamar. So uh, I think that prepares us, and we've been preparing all all uh, camp for it. The challenge is someone's coming into our house and they're trying to uh, win. They get checks just like we get checks in the NFL, and regardless of who's out there, they're going to come try to embarrass you. And my mind said I'm trying to embarrass them as well. So I think it's going to be a great game. I'm very excited for them, whoever it is, Minshew or uh, number five, the rookie, Rich, uh, Richardson or whatever. So uh, I'm excited about the opportunity that we'll have and a great offensive line those guys have. So I think it'll be an amazing opportunity for our defense just to prove another opportunity, exactly what we have. But, you know, we're still preparing early in the week, and we look forward to it on Sunday. Does it feel like double duty when there's uncertainty about who their starting quarterback is? Uh, yeah, I would say, especially this week. Uh, you know, they got Anthony Richardson, who's really talented. He's shown that first couple weeks, and uh, obviously a really good runner as well as has a great arm. And then Gardner Minshew offers another set of problems. You know, his experience, um, he's done well when he's been in there. And, um, 
Yeah, I think it's just added a game plan, but it's nothing I don't think we can handle. So again, it's probably going to be Gardner Minshew to to Kyle's point there, who has a ton of experience in the NFL. And the guys lit it up as well, including last week in relief of Anthony Richardson when he went down into concussion protocol. As Lawrence Owen noted on Twitter here, who Sarah and I had on the vault on Thursday for our official game preview episode. Go check that out if you haven't already in the archives. Uh, Minshew was 19 of 23 at 82.6%. That was 112 passer rating. A touchdown, no picks, no sacks, no drops, 171 yards. That was three quarters of play against the Texans. And yeah, it's Houston. We know Houston. We just saw him a couple weeks ago. But bottom line is you can't just gloss over a guy like Gardner Minshew. Too much pride, too much experience, and too much potential to be a game wrecker. And and you, we all know that the, the label letdown has sort of been following this game ahead of week three, right? I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm on record for saying the Ravens are going to take care of business. And it sure looks like rain could be a possibility in Baltimore on Sunday. It's definitely going to be there on Saturday, which is why I'm going to top golf versus an actual golf course, unfortunately. I'd rather actually play rather than be under... <laughs> Whatever, though. Top golf still is just as good. Um, not just as good, but you know what I mean. I digress. I need Sarah. Sarah Sarah needs to reel me in right now before I start talking about golf. Anyway, so point being, you can't just write this one off. Minshew obviously is less mobile than, than Anthony Richardson. There's going to be less designed runs, and you don't have to necessarily worry about him, you know, mobility-wise or, you know, containing him. You can let him get out of the pocket. He's not going to kill you the way that a freak of an athlete like Anthony Richardson. I mean, there's a reason why Anthony Richardson drew comparisons to Lamar Jackson, in a sense, coming out of Florida. They both have that uncanny ability to make you miss at the quarterback position, but still be able to throw 50, 60, 70 yards. So anyway, that'll be something to look out for again. Richardson's still in concussion protocol. So at this point, I'm of I'm under the assumption that it will be Minshew. And that's what the Ravens are game planning for heavily right now, you would expect. Let's get to the defensive side because this tweet from Jamison Hensley certainly got me thinking about the games that the Ravens have started to stack. Shorthanded, by the way. Right, right now they're dealing with Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey both down. Now, Marcus missed considerable time last year, and Jamison Hensley put this together. Look at this. Ravens defense is allowed, and I get it. The, the opponents don't exactly like wow you, per se, but the Ravens defense has allowed one touchdown in its last five home games, and that dates back to last season. No touchdowns, three points to the Panthers. No touchdown, nine points to the Broncos. No TDs, nine points to the Falcons. That was that Christmas Eve like frigid game, wasn't it? One touchdown, 16 points to Pittsburgh. And zero touchdowns, nine points to Houston. I get it. It's not, the, it's, it's not exactly murderer's row, these five teams. But what it makes me think is not only will Mike McDonald be a, a head coach one day in this league, and he is young and up and coming, man. Not only that, but Mike is incredible at working with what he has at his disposal. 
And so the fact that this defense has found a way somehow, given all the injuries, given all the changing parts, tells you that he is a pro's pro. And without his all-pro or pro bowler in Marlon Humphrey, and dang it, Marcus Williams, if he stays healthy, can be a dang pro bowler as well. He empowers his guys and uses dudes like Geno Stone, Ardarius Washington, right? Brandon Stevens in creative ways could very well be Arthur Mollett since Ardarius is now on IR this upcoming weekend. Wouldn't be surprised if he takes over for Ardarius, right? In that nickel position. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think Mike McDonald deserves his flowers. And more importantly, I think Mike kept his receipts. Remember what former Ravens DC Rex Ryan had to say after the Dolphins loss in September of 2022? I, I question going into this game, would Greg Roman have the answers for their defense? He did. He passed it with he flying colors. However, their defense, this new hotshot coordinator is terrible. So again, look, was that like inbounds given how bad of a loss that was to Miami. I think the Ravens were up by like 20 plus points, weren't they? It was absurd. It was a collapse. One of the worst losses in franchise history. But to call Mike McDonald that hot shot coordinator, that was just bizarre. That was totally bizarre and out of bounds. Yes, he deserved criticism. But to take a, essentially a personal shot, not a personal shot, but to take that kind of shot at a guy, to me, it was like a low blow. So bottom line is, Mike has adjusted incredibly well. And we know that John Harbaugh is a heck, yes, sometimes loyal to a fault, right? The G-Row stick around an extra season too long, 
perhaps? Did Steve Saunders and the strength and conditioning department stick around for far too long? Perhaps. Some of you are out there are probably thinking, perhaps. Perhaps. Of, of course they did. But point being, Harbs handpicked him. He sent Mike McDonald out to Michigan with his brother for a year, transformed that defense with Jim, did great things, beat Ohio State in December, came back to the NFL a year later, rejoined the Ravens, and has done incredibly well in place of Wink Martindale. I love Mike's composure. I love his intensity. I love his professionalism. Most importantly, I love the way that he, mix and mat he mixes and matches and does not blink an eye when starters go down left and right. I love it. I absolutely love it, and I think he deserves his flowers. Some quick hits here before we jump. One of the guys that he's been using and that's been at his disposal, Jadavian Clowney, picked up his first sack, as we know, in week two as a Raven. Should have had it on C.J. Stroud in week one, and he knows he should have had it too. But anyway, here is uh, courtesy of Ravens Productions and Ravens Wired. A look at the aftermath of Clowney's first sack. Joe Burrow to throw on second down. Pocket collapsing. Burrow is sacked back at the 24-yard line. To Davion Clowney. I got a circle that wear by the Cobra clan till they're working under the road to stay on the low. Me and my bro. Oh, hey, 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 I told you, bro. I told you. Leave yourself, man. Be nice, bro. It's a great job, man. You got it. You got it. I told you I got it. He got it. He was around the air so fast. I got around. I said, please don't go out. Let's go. Hey, we told you it was going to happen. Yeah. Now get another one. Yeah. Told you I got it. I appreciate you making up. Hold that paint down. Keep running around here. Tell you what, is that clowny sign looking good right now? We know it's a it's a cheap, low risk, high ceiling kind of deal. He gets a fresh start coming off Cleveland where there was plenty of drama at the end of the year. He's looking rejuvenated. He's looking happy and refreshed to be in Baltimore. Mike Mack is using him in a number of different ways. And I, I just love the edge that he's setting. Right? He's coming off ferociously. And he is game-wrecking. He is cause wreaking havoc through two weeks. I love what I'm seeing. And, and hopefully, that ends up paying more dividends than maybe retaining Justin Houston would have. Right? Justin had a heck of a year last year, the first half, but fell off significantly in the second half. Now, Jadavian's on the other side of 30, so you hope that that's not the case as well. But so far, so good for a, a late summer signing and a late addition to this team. So far, so good. We'll finish up with this because this will get you fired up leading into the weekend. We know Ravens production is second to none in terms of the hype factor, the video quality, the way that they tell stories. Exhibit A, here we go. the
You ready to run through a freaking brick wall after that or what? It's late right now on Thursday night, but I'm ready to go. Whip this thing off. Let's get it. I love the way that they tell stories through images, video creation, soundtracks. It's incredible. Shout out Jay O'Brien and his exceptional team there in the video producing department over there at uh, One Winning Drive in Owings Mills. So anyway, we will finish there. As always, wanted to shout out and thank a couple of our returning patrons. They're supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month. So Jaron Fonville, Christopher Saxe, we appreciate both of you for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same this month, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast, which can be found in the show notes below. In the meantime, hit us up via email with feedback, whether it's positive, negative, anywhere in between at Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. That's a great way to connect with us. You can hit me up as well on a social media at Bobby Baltimore, wherever you wherever you're at, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Episode two, if you didn't already know, is out on uh, Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith, which is available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's audio only, here on YouTube, whatever it might be, episode two. Just a reminder, we're it's a full season partnership with Roquan, but it's 10 total shows, meaning we can't do it the day after games every single week. So this upcoming week, we will not have a show with Roquan. We will have more news in terms of when the next one is. Probably at this point, it'll be early October. So be on the lookout for that. Really looking forward to reconnecting with Roquan soon. Uh, follow the vaults on Twitter if you don't already. We just released and and um, and built our account at Ravens Vaults. And again, Sarah and I will both be back together in post game form coming up on Sunday. Once the press conferences finish up, we will immediately launch the show. It'll be simulcast across all platforms. If you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to this channel. Hit the notification bell so that. You're notified when we release our videos, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. Eastern. Like this video. And then if you're in the audio-only space, we would love, love some more ratings and reviews, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, you name it. That just kind of helps us out on the back end in terms of overall operation. So for my co-host, Sarah Ellison, who is with her family, and I'm so glad she's getting some time off before uh, week three of this season commences on Sunday. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday morning vault edition. I will be live streaming across all of our platforms pregame on Sunday, live from Be More Around Town, which is at 801, uh, excuse me, 801 Austin Street, about a five minute walk from MT Bank Stadium. There are still passes available. It's a pregame tailgate. You got booze, you got uh, food, axe throwing, music. You name it. It's a great experience on game day before you actually get into the bank. So go check that out if you haven't already. Maybe you join us for another week if you can't make it on Sunday. But again, I will be live streaming there from 11 to noonish, And then Sarah and I will be on right after the game. So thanks so much, guys. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>